You know how everyone's always saying, seize the moment? I don't know. I, I'm kind of thinking it's the other way around. You know, like, the moment seizes us. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's, it's constant. The moments, it's just... It's like it's always right now, you know? <laughs> yeah. Punch. I'm your uh, moderator for tonight, Rebecca Martin, and we just watched Boyhood, directed by Richard Linklater, that came out 2014, and I have three amazing co-hosts with me tonight, and I'm going to let them introduce themselves. Hello, I'm Brian. And I'm Bob. And I'm Isaac. Thanks, guys. Thanks for joining me on our uh, Film Punch episode. And just for those of you who don't know, Film Punch is collective experience between film lovers and podcasters. And what we do is we watch a movie and immediately talk about it afterwards. So uh, it's a it's a, an experience. So I'm really glad that we we uh, Film Punch this movie tonight. Um, one, because I think I needed to watch it a second time because the first time I saw it in the theaters, I wasn't, I didn't connect with it as, as much as other people. Um, but this time I think it, 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 I was a little bit more connected. What, what were your guys like, um, I don't know, initial reactions or, or thoughts of watching it this time. We'll start with Bob. Well, uh, since I have to leave right away. Yes, I yes. I, I was just talking about the ending, uh, which is my favorite line in the movie, which mm -hmm. is, it's always right now. Yes, and yes. Uh, they, they spent 12 years making this movie. Uh-huh. And they captured this kid's feelings. It seemed so natural, almost like it wasn't acted at all. Right, right. And then finally, in the end, he figures it all out. It's always just right now. It's like time. There is no future or past. Right, right, yeah. And everybody's talking, oh, what about your future? What about your, you know, preaching to them and everything. And it doesn't matter. It's always just right now. I know. I I, I really like that. The whole, like, I, I must have missed that the first time I saw it, like that ending. Because I, I think it's very true to... Um, and he had to eat like, to figure that out. <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. There was a theme of control where, I mean, the drunken stepdad's aside, but school, his boss, his teacher, everyone mm -hmm. was trying to control him in some way, and then he finally gets freedom in college, and then he realizes that there, there's, it's just now. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Isaac, any thoughts? Uh, I still didn't like it. Really? I guess um, part of me is like, what was this movie about? Because it wasn't really about the kid, because there are quite a few scenes in it that have nothing to do with the kid, where he's not even there. Mm -hmm. um, and it's not, it's sort of about the family, but not exactly. But it, it didn't it didn't have enough focus for me because like I didn't. Well, you even made the joke at some point towards the end of the scene. It was like, what's it all? No, he's talking to his dad. Yeah. And, uh, what's the point of everything? Uh, 
what's the point of what's the point of it all? And you're like, what? Oh, the movie. No, I get it. I so, get it. Yeah, so yeah. Like, not that the movie was bad because I don't think it was bad, and I think I think it's interesting. It just like meandered a lot for me. Where it like isn't that a signature of like Linklater films though? They just kind of meander and they're yeah. like, vignettes of a time and a place. Exactly. Okay. You know. And so you're supposed to draw some of your. I mean, a lot of it's flanked in nostalgia, mm-hmm. right? But mm-hmm. you're just supposed to kind of draw your own meaning and experience from it yeah i mean i think maybe just recently watching before sunset a couple times and and returning to like waking life i mean something linklater is always good about is like capturing i guess the moment and conversations and really like you know in all of his films they're a little bit philosophical you know um but they're all authentic. There's a lot of authenticity. It's also about the experience, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, everybody wants some. I, I saw that, and I was like, you know what? There wasn't a lot of, like, smart talk in this film. <laughs> it was more about people just getting wasted and Most doing... reality Yeah, exactly. But it was, like, also, but I was, like, brought to a place. Like, I was brought to a place that was familiar. Like, when I was in college, yeah, I didn't go, like, crazy-ass parties, but I had, like, these experiences where I met, like, all these different kind of people at once. And I think Linklater's really good about that like you know even looking at like dazed and confused you know um just like putting people in different experiences and having you connect with them um so with boyhood this time i noticed that more whereas before i was a little bit of like you isaac where i was like okay this is all kind of random a bit like i remember really being annoyed by um his, his daughter in the movie or at least in the beginning I'm like she's just kind of a distraction um, but I I this time I saw it with more like fresh eyes like oh I remember like my brother and I were like that when I was younger and you know like this is the kind of stuff you go through as a kid and you know this is not your conventional coming of age film but it's something that I can definitely relate to um and there's like an underlying current of philosophy be it like college edible induced you know philosophy Uh but like even he expounds he's got several monologues where it really sounds like a 16 year old talking about life right yeah from his perspective Mm -hmm. so it's even you know being older and looking back on a 16 year old talking about life it kind of at least lets you in the mindset of yeah i can relate to it too Mm -hmm. Um, so, Isaac, any thoughts besides not being a fan? Like, anything that kind of struck a chord? Like, that... Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think... And I think, uh... This was different than... I mean, we've been reviewing a lot of stuff on Film Punch that's intentionally bad. That is, like, yes. like ridiculously bad. Uh-huh. This wasn't uh, even bad per se uh-huh. it just isn't what I really like in movies and uh-huh. um, because I what you said of like oh I had this experience where I really related oh my sister and I did that yeah or, yeah like, yeah I had a lot of I, I thought about that a lot uh-huh. and normally I like getting sucked into a movie and I didn't and I, you were kind of like um, I was just sort of comparing my life to the movie and I was like wow his childhood was a lot cooler than mine <laughs> okay okay yeah um, and and I, I would rather instead have like really if, if 
had more of a focus if it was uh-huh. just about the dad or just about Mason even. Uh-huh. If it was just about them and there wasn't any other extraneous scenes and we really got more into his head. Did um, you see Moonlight? Yes. Okay. I love Moonlight. So you were connected with that because I was yes. thinking about Moonlight because in a sense, I mean, it's not like real like how Linklater did it where it was like over a 12 year period mm-hmm. but you do see this boy at different times in his life but I think that's the thing is this doesn't pick and choose because some of the time in, in, in Moonlight it's very much a story and this feels like there's story elements in it, but it is just kind of also like... What's the central conflict other than growing up? Right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. He gets older. Because like in, in Moonlight, it's very... Oh, yeah. It is structured. Uh-huh. You know, and, and I uh-huh. love it. But it's not like a... Uh, there's, a, there's a word for it. You know, just like a life movie. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Not quite Andy Warhol, but yeah. you know what I mean? Just like well, so, You know, it's kind of like a little bit I don't want to call it like a documentary but wasn't there a documentary about like these 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 um some it's called like the up series where it was like every so years they follow these kids uh, yeah like, yeah that was a study um, and it was like from birth to yeah yeah like, it might still be going I don't know but yeah it's pretty fascinating yeah so I feel like that's kind of what Linklater was trying to do here but more fictional I guess but yeah. but also like it was an it's an experiment but it's also like it's not you can't put it in any category it's it's not it's not necessarily like a I mean it is a coming of age film mm-hmm. but it's done he's broken a lot of rules here you know he's but he's done something i think he's done something amazing but also maybe i know a lot of people blew this up like this is a freaking masterpiece this is great because i I mean you're you're touching on it right because like all of the trailer show we found this boy only a six and it was 12 years in the making yeah was the movie any better for actually doling out little bits and drabs through the entire lifetime. I mean, they, they played with a little bit. Like, I like the Harry Potter. She's reading it to him. They go to the movie. Yeah. But, like, they, they abandoned that because teenagers don't actually care about Harry Potter. Right. Um, and then, like, the evolution of video games. And so there was, like, this n- nice passage of time. But, like, does that actually add anything to the film? I don't know. Right. I feel like a little bit. And, and like, that's what both times when I've watched it, I feel like it's one of those people like I can appreciate it and be like, wow, you put a lot of work into this and it's a cool idea and it's a cool experiment. It wasn't enjoyable for me to watch. You did point out they get to pick the best songs of every era and somehow blend those into all the scenes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, again, like I, this isn't necessarily my favorite coming of age film, but I did want to return to this movie because originally I had spoken with the the other co-organizers of this group of, we were choosing like theme movies and we're like coming of age films. And, and so I, I don't know why I thought of this one because I wanted to revisit it because when I saw it in the theater, like it seemed like every guy was like, I love this movie. This was my childhood. This is like, I feel so close identifying with this film. And I was like, yeah, I see some things, but I don't know if I like intimately connect with it. Like that same year, it's weird. That same year, uh, this movie Girlhood came out. Oh, really? Which is a French film. Really? Um, and it's a coming of age story uh-huh. of this, but it's like, not similar to my upbringing at all. It's like this, um, 
black French like uh, like gangster type of movie where they <laughs> you didn't grow up in the, like the, the ghettos of Paris like yeah I didn't grow up there but then I was like <laughs> I, <laughs> I felt really connected to these girls though because like you know they would go it, it, was, it was a girl pack mentality like growing growing up together and going like being little rebels and like going to clubs and stuff and maybe because it wasn't necessarily my own life but yet I still was connected to it I was more connected to that film than I was to boyhood which is weird I, I can't explain I it no, I can't explain it exactly well I think in part but, you hit the nail on the head Samantha is like not an annoying character but she's, yeah. she's the older sister set up to be like the annoying older sister for right. the foil for him well, in a lot of cases there's a lot of stuff where it's like there are a lot of tropes in this movie oh, tons. And, and so it's like it doesn't feel like whoa this is like really super original or something I mean the concept is super original yeah but mm-hmm. like the execution was sort of like whatever and I to what sort of what you're saying is like I didn't relate to this and maybe that's part of why I don't like it is like I didn't grow up listening to those things I didn't happen with into dirt bikes or uh-huh, uh-huh. whatever you know? yeah yeah those were honestly the kids who would pick on me when I was a kid <laughs> and so I was like oh fuck I don't they had a little of that there was like the random scene in the, in the high school bathroom where like the two kids right. were just picking on them for no reason and then yeah. that went, that was, no, that that was went nowhere right. to your point they just throw in elements of no I, I little, little bits of stuff and you're, you're not like oh wow he's dealing with some like because you never like get into his head and you're like oh wow this thing with his parents is really tearing him up you're like yeah. You kind of assume that it is, uh-huh. but you're not there. And to what your point, like, to bring back to Moonlight, yeah, yeah. like, I really related to Chiron's character because mm-hmm. I was picked on a lot. Uh-huh. I'm not black. I'm not from Miami. I didn't right. grow up in those kind of conditions, right. but I still can relate to that. I didn't relate to the characters in this movie. Yeah. And so I think it doesn't have to be, like, your same experience uh-huh. and I feel like there's almost two different like it got the aesthetics right uh-huh. in the sense of the music was similar mm-hmm. a lot of the like visuals were like oh yeah I remember like like the one thing I liked was in the bowling alley they showed the like strike and the really hope oh yeah the like, yeah runs for tracks yeah whatever yeah yeah and like that I mean that kind of is still with bowling alleys so like, <laughs> but um but like those little details were nice but it sort of felt like the movie was like it had the the trappings of uh-huh. something but didn't actually have the meat yeah I think mm-hmm. the issue for me was there I mean I, I now we're all negative about it I I like the movie but I, I I think Mr. Linklater, if you're listening to this podcast, <laughs> just know that we're huge fans. <laughs> we are huge fans. We are huge fans. And this is why it's not like my favorite of all of his films, but I still have giant respect for it. Um, so in terms of like Ethan Hawke, I, I, I think he was great in the movie. Like so, I really liked him in the mm-hmm. film. So hundred percent. He yeah. was the only one that wasn't like a caricature of like the drunken, abusive dad, the the military guy. Yeah. The, I mean, even the mom, she kind of came into her own towards the end, but she mm-hmm. was just not really. I mean, yeah. Was, he, I liked him. Like I wanted to hang out with him more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I exactly. Like, I mean, do we have to keep following this kid? Okay. You know, like, <laughs> but Ethan Hawke. I mean, part of that I thought was that like you know some of the he. Chose some non-actors yeah. for uh-huh. it, yeah. and he's an actor, and so the storytelling piece that I felt like was missing in some of it, he brought some of that in because he's an actor, because he can tell stories. Right. Which was which was great to watch, but also less relatable because I never did a lot of the same stuff like he did with his dad. I'm like, no, right. that 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 didn't. Your dad happen. is way cooler. Than my dad. <laughs> no yeah. kidding. Yeah, <laughs> your dad was Ethan Hawke. That's 
that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Too bad he had to tell the GTO. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was the biggest disappointment. <laughs> it was a disappointment. Um, in the minivan. Yeah, your dad took you around and stole lawn signs mm-hmm. together. Like, mm-hmm. that's, and you're and talking about Star Wars and stuff. Like, oh my God. My dad was cool when I was eight, and that was it. Like, he never, <laughs> he never was cool after that ever again. So like, I honestly think, like, that last bit where he's like, exploring college and everything like that's where I'm the most interested like that's the where I'm the most drawn in um I mean everything else is good I mean it's a part of his um life but you said there were some scenes that um Mason wasn't in mm-hmm. What? Why am I blanking those? So it's not like long scenes, but they're yeah. scenes. So for instance, one that I could think of, or not either that he's not in or doesn't seem to have any interest in. So uh-huh. there's one time where they're playing pool when he goes and visits the college where uh, his girlfriend and then the sister are talking. Okay. And they're talking in the background and he's just shooting pool. And he doesn't seem to have any interest in the conversation. So therefore, I don't really have any interest. And yet we still have to listen to this conversation. Oh, and I see. And talking about like, oh, who's your boyfriend? Oh, well, he might be in a frat. Okay. Okay. And, um, they do not the same, but like uh, later on at his graduation party. Um, the mom and the dad have that moment where he, you know, like tries to pay her or whatever, you know, and um, have like, oh, can you believe our kids growing up? That was wonderful. Also, nothing to do with him. He wasn't there. He wasn't paying attention to that. Well, I think the pool scene was sowing the seeds slash foreshadowing for their eventual breakup. You're going to love college. You guys are going to different colleges. All of the... the Sure. Surrounded by beautiful guys. Yeah, but again, that, that just seems so clunky. Yeah, I, I mean, like, you, it's it's clunky, but it's realistic, I suppose. I guess. Yeah. I mean, but like, but if this was supposed to be like real life, you don't always have those signs in real. Life. Oh no, you don't. You don't always have like, oh yes, there was foreshadowing here. You know, sometimes <laughs> it just happens. It's you know? the magic of film. Yeah. I, I, well, I mean, so that's the thing. It's it's the magic of film, and yet he didn't do anything with that. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I'd be curious. They have a lot of. Um, we should probably watch it. You guys probably have to go, but they on the Blu-ray I got, they have like. Uh, Q&A with Richard Linklater about this movie. I'd be interested to learn about how he like mapped it out, you know, um, because first of all, you know, if he, you pick this kid when he's like, how old? How old was he? Six. Six years old. Six years old? The one they cast him originally. Oh my God. So you're like, okay, this is who I'm stuck with. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I can't, I can't decide like in Moonlight where they switch out the actors. Mm-hmm. Um, you're like, I've made a decision. I'm sticking with this actor through the and, rest of his whatever. And I'm assuming he's not actually an actor. Like, this is all he did between yeah, the I years think of filming. I think this is it. Which, because, was, which yeah. gave, I guess, again, authenticity. But, like, right. he did mumble. Like, even one of his fake dads is like, stop mumbling. <laughs> and he did kind of do that. That was his... Turn to your acting coach. So, I mean... All in all, I think this movie is is good. It's it's good in the sense like it didn't. Well, I mean, do, do, it's, you, do it's, we need to boil it down to just saying it's good? Because I feel like we can have a complicated like. Because I don't think it has to be like good or bad. No. It has to be like no, I'm just trying to say it's it's. I think it's motivational in a sense or inspirational. That's what I mean. Inspirational. What about um, you? just the conversations like especially at the end i think the the end like we were talking about the end scene where you know um uh what was the last scene where they're talking about the moment it was like 
it's not a carpe diem. You don't own the moment. The moment. Yes, exactly. Um, So I think there's some conversations. You know, it's not like in before sunset or before sunrise or waking life or maybe dazed and confused where they have like all these like really inspiring conversations but i think just seeing a lifespan for that long is is inspiring in some sense well you're at least invested in the character and you're like oh i wonder what happens now and then they in scene cries right um Boyhood too. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't be surprised if Lick later had something up his sleeve like that, because you know who knew that he was doing this for one this movie, and then all of a sudden he's like, "Well, after Before Sunrise, nine years later, let's do Before Sunset. Nine years later, let's do Before Midnight. Nine years later, we're gonna probably do another one. Like he's just like the the master of like bringing things back, you know, and which is cool. Like you don't really know many directors who do that. So um, yeah, I'm just trying to think of certain scenes that I don't know. Like this movie, there were parts that I'm like, okay, I. I understand what that kid's probably feeling at that time, you know, where things get like intense and you don't know what else to do, you know, things like that. Like, I um, have a question. You say you you didn't relate a whole lot. Where did you Where did you grow up? I grew up in Racine, Wisconsin. Okay, so so that's part of it. Yeah, I mean, I grew up, I grew up in Ohio, which is not Texas by any means, but it's unfortunately not a red state, and football reigns supreme, right? So there's a lot of nostalgia I think I think he's just going for nostalgia and so like if you're going to make a nostalgia cash grab it's better this than Transformers but (laughs) (laughs) yeah but Transformers are a lot like you get the money pretty quickly Michael Bay economically makes sense yes (laughs) Uh, but to your point there's no there's no no meat it's just a it's a it's a pleasant taste yeah that's a good way to put it okay so It was like, because it was sort of like, oh, Coldplay. Cool <laughs> like, oh. It just made me feel old. We're like, oh, I remember the song. Yeah. And, oh, my God, it's really old. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and, and, just, and there were lots of moments like that mm-hmm. where just, you're like, oh, yeah, that was a thing then. So I guess we're all in agreement here that as a whole, this film could have maybe had more punch as a more succinct type of movie where things were explored more rather than long in long shave or what's the word long form what's something like that it's it's better to make things connected more than just being sprawled out that's pretty much what I'm well and that's that's another good question too it was actually what's the running time you you pointed out two hours and 45 minutes they could have edited that down and maybe that would have give it more punch I think so so have you like at the point where I at the point where I was like, <laughs> I was like what's the point? Or whatever. Like, I was like, okay. Is that like, where your head was hurting? <laughs> You're like, oh, was, time to end. I would say it exacerbated things. <laughs> okay. But, um, I, it just, it was like, I think it, 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 for what was there, it could have been a two hour, maybe an hour and a half movie. Um, and that would, it would have been, I would have enjoyed it. Okay, so I'm curious two things. One, have you seen other Richard Linklater films and have you liked any of his other films? Mm-hmm. And what film is, films are they? Um, well, 
I'll, I'll be honest here, radio listeners, I have not seen any other Richard Linklater oh. films. Oh, that's a sad story. I guess. That, no, no, no. So, so let, me, let me tell you something. You should not let this be the, the one. Like, I, okay, Dazed and Confused. That is better than this. Why don't, why don't you start with that one? And then, <laughs> and then if you're... Tell me what you think about it. And okay. if you're like, oh, I freaking hate this movie. Yeah, I'm not going to recommend it anymore. But um, Dazed and Confused, I think, is a good transition out of mm. this boyhood realm. Mm. Um, and I think you would like it because it's more like um, succinct, I guess. So, and Matthew McConaughey is in it and he's freaking awesome. Right, so, right, yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah. So, I think I think you should watch Dazed and Confused. Is that what that's from? Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, totally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yes. Those are the things like a lot of this pop culture references is stuff that like I found out like years afterward. Yeah. People would just say weird stuff uh-huh. and I'd be like, what the hell? Like Soldier Boy, who the hell is that? <laughs> and then later I was like, oh, that's what that well, was. Well, it takes place in um, the 70s. 70s, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um. But it's the movie that both put kind of Matthew McConaughey and Linklater on the map in some sense. Yes. Yeah. I yeah. heard of Matthew McConaughey like because yeah. I've heard that like all right, all right, like I've heard that line mm-hmm. many times, but I just was like. There's 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 very few lines like that. Like uh, uh, the thing about high school girls is I get older yeah. since the same age. Also from that movie, there's a lot of good one-liners. And living L I V I N. So this has a lot a lot less to take away mm-hmm. from gotcha. it. Mm-hmm. Um, and also the before series, if if you want to give that a shot. Um, yeah. So I, mean, I certainly I I I don't have a lot. And if you like Ethan Hawk, if you like Ethan Hawk, then. Before series, maybe you should start there. So mm-hmm. and then and then Dazed and Confused. But yeah, so he has a lot of good movies, and I would have to say Boyhood is is something that I saw that I was really looking forward to and really excited about. I was actually going to go to the showing where Linklater was going to be there, but I waited in line for two hours, and then the group that I was with. Um, Chicago Film Lumber Exchange and and we got cut off like right right there and I was so pissed I was like no and then I actually literally wrote a thing about how mad I was that you know like reporters and critics get get more you know appreciation than film lovers and how we are just as important and you know your movies are like you know you, you need to count on I was like, you need to show up. So I got really angry and wrote this whole like thing, but it was more. Like <laughs> you got a podcast, get a press pass. Yeah, go, go, go. Get a press pass. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But this is like when Boyhood came out, and um, so I, you know, I love Waking Life. I love the Before series. I love Days and Confused. Um, I even liked Everybody Wants mm-hmm. Some. Mm-hmm. Like um, both better than you know. Bernie's alright. Um, there's just like a whole bunch of his movies that I, I really like. Um, but yeah, it was Boyhood. I feel like at first I was like, well, I guess because I'm not a guy, maybe that's why it doesn't connect with me as well because like guys my age seem to love this movie. So You didn't get drunk in an abandoned house with some seniors and talk about women in ways that were totally like, like, untrue. You know who I related to was that kid where I was like, <laughs> Authentic authenticity. 
Um, so he can get his own movie. <laughs> so I guess then my my second question, after if you had seen any Richard Linklater movies besides this one, is have you seen any like, or do you have a favorite coming of age film? Hmm. Something that you're like, I connect with that. Even if it's not your story, like I said. With I Girl mean, Head. I don't know how much I relate to it, but I think Wonder Years did an excellent job. And yeah. part of the reason is, to your point, we were in his head. Like Fred Savage or whoever narrates Wonder Years. Uh-huh. Um, and so you're in his head constantly versus here where he's skulking about the scene in some sense. So, <laughs> so I think... I think I think that like that first person a narration is, would have added to it. I feel I think that first person is really gives you a good coming of age. That's true, and I, I at the tip of my mind I know who did the narration, and now it's like blanking. It's not Fred Savage because he was the actor, right? I know, like the adult um, that was yeah. doing the narration. Yeah. It'll come to me. Um, what about? I would have to look. Honestly, I'd have to look at a list of like coming of age movies because that isn't like a box in my brain where I store movies. See, like... I'm on this um, site called Letterboxd. Mm-hmm. It's where you can write your own reviews and write um, or make your own top ten lists or whatever. I totally like make these lists all the time. So I I, I know what I, I feel connected with for coming of age films. How so. many of them are, are male oriented versus female oriented? Oh, that's a good question. That is a good question. Really, I'm mostly female. I mean, <laughs> I think I mean, <laughs> as a genre, they lean that way. So, but I think a lot of the coming of age films are, for, you know. Um, give me a second. Um, I'm trying to think of things that come off the top of my head. Like literally, the only thing I can think of that isn't really a coming of age film, but just hit me at a certain time and place, and I really related to, was Five Hundred Days of Summer. And I saw that ah, that counts. freshman or sophomore in college. And I remember at the time just being like, whoa! <laughs> like, yeah. So, and like, like that same sense of like this, like I really related to. Can I, can I tell you a sense. story about that? Um, <laughs> so when that movie came out, I was uh, at a film festival where they were showing it. And um, what's his face was there, the guy from... The guy who's in 500... Jo- Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yes, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, before it was a big deal. He, uh, I was at this after party, and I to- my friend was like, oh, I totally want to say hi to Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I'm like, well, go say hi to him. And she's like, no, I'm too scared, like nervous. And I'm like, okay. So I just totally went up to him. And I was like, hey, how do you like Chicago? <laughs> like, it was like the stupidest conversation. And then he's like, he's like, oh, it's fine. And then his, like, uh, bouncer guy, like, totally sweeps uh, it. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> took the profile of someone I was supposed to remove from the situation. <laughs> and I was like, I was just trying to That's be friendly. Um, no, but that is a good movie. I think, I think it does touch well on, um, you know, well, that was a, a movie that I felt really... There have been certain movies that hit me at a certain time and place, and then I go back and watch them, and I don't feel the same way. So, like, I I don't... I still like Founder Days of Somewhere, but it definitely re-watching it over time, I sort of was like... I, I, I don't know, part of it was like, I felt like I grew up a little bit where I'm like, geez, this, this kid's so whiny and just, like, doesn't communicate well. And um, But at that particular time and place... I mean, a big part of it, honestly, was like 
this is the kind of girlfriend that I want with like Zoe Deschanel who's like mm-hmm. kind of quirky and yeah what is, what is that um, kind of girl called there's a if there's a name for that kind oh, really? of girl where she's all like quirky oh. and like like there's oh. that, that's her bread and butter is okay yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no but I mean there's a name like some pixie girl pixie dream girl or something like that right. where it's like they have a lot of those girls in movies, you know, mm-hmm. like like Eternal Sunshine, where there's like that's what I was Mary actually Kate thinking of. Where she's yeah. You think that as a coming of age? A little bit. Well, that's the other thing is, I mean, is great movie. I can you can you separate coming of age? Almost all coming of age have some sort of like romantic distress, right? Where you sure. you fall in love and then you're out of love, and that's yeah. that that is how you come of age. Like that's apparently <laughs> apparently heartbreak is inherent. Yeah. And so like even that was not played that well in this movie because you weren't invested in his girlfriend. So that's true. Yeah. It's 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 kind of they had the trappings, but yeah. no meat. Yeah. But I'm trying to just think about other good like coming of age stories. I would be interested in a coming of age story that didn't involve heartbreak, if that's possible. I don't even know if there's one. I mean, this is getting, you know, maybe a little big and societal, but I uh-huh. think that our, in our society, coming of age is involved with sex and relationships. And, like, that is how you come of age. If it was in a different society... I mean, you could set something in, like, France in the middle of World War II and where coming of age is, like, literally <laughs> getting bombed out of your home and having to grow up as a refugee yeah. or something like that. I mean, yeah, yeah. That, that would be a, a different... It would not appeal. To your, to your point, it would not appeal the same to... Yeah, I feel... Audiences. I do feel like most coming of age films, that means, like, they're, like, sexual maturity. That seems yeah, to be where like, most of them yeah. are at. Um, I was thinking one that I just found uh, the man on the moon um, in the moon sorry man in the moon uh, Reese Witherspoon's in it it was when she was a little like really young and that's kind of like a, it's like a sexual awakening type thing like she's a girl and then she falls for this guy and it's like summer and her sis, it's her sister's boyfriend and um, yeah so like things like that I feel like are and they're probably, Standard coming of age, but not, not necessarily more for not being spread over twelve years. Yeah, but not necessarily because I feel like um, a lot of it's with self discovery, you know. Like so, for um, like girlhood or um, this movie I saw recently. Um, American Honey that we're actually going to be filmed on Chicken July. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's more about like finding your place in the world, like getting out there, like going through some experiences, learning like oh, life is tough. Like you just got to be like you know. In in a sense, it was almost like um, his dad was more coming of age because like he was yeah. like, he got out of the car and then he That's settled into being mini man driving guy and then he was spitting wisdom at the end. So yeah. it's like, can we just watch? Let's do Ethan Hawke. So Ethan Hawke. That's a whole another. They could probably you just know, cut, make, cut him in. Yeah, I don't know. Make a bunch of edits to be like manhood. Manhood. No, like Richard Linklater, obviously a smart director. Maybe he was on this other level, and we all Actually, it was the boy of Ethan Hawke's character <laughs> growing up, and so not literally becoming a man. Oh, right. Uh, I, I like that. And so, 
If that's right, Richard, please call us. <laughs> also, were there any scenes that, like, again, to editing, they could have cut down a lot of the movie, but were there any yeah. scenes that you're like, why are they there? And the two, I, the, or the one theme, I guess he was going for, were development disabled, right? So there's, as kids, they were going down a street, and there's some guy with, like, yeah. Down syndrome or Asperger's Just awkwardly bouncing down the so bizarre. And so that was, like, that was, nothing happened there. And then yeah. later in the Austin Diner, there was the guy who was just spouting to himself in yeah. his head. So I'm glad you brought that up because I wanted to return to that scene because Richard Linklater often will do these like crazy men that are that are actually making a lot of sense, but they're just being loud and obnoxious. But they're also like, um, I don't know what they used to do in the theater back in the day or like the Shakespeare time, but you'd always have that like crazy person like shouting stuff and it would be like the person that is saying the most sense but in such a crazy way that you're just like oh they're the crazy one but they're actually like the most intelligent mm-hmm. smart one so in waking life which is an animated film that richard linklater does he has all these like random scenes tying together but it's more like a dreamlike quality because that's kind of like the movie about like this guy that's like dream awake dream awake um and then you got this um guy in this car who's like has this like loudspeaker that's shouting like profanity and like random shit about America and how it's so crazy and and it's just like so it's like a random scene but it also like I kind of like that because there's like those mad people there but they also have some kind of sense to them and you know we should recognize that's a part of our world along with the the rational normal people who don't like talk out like that you know like it just kind of shows so yeah watch waking life as well that's that's a good one um so yeah that scene with the diner guy that made me think of that so i did not get the shakespearean fool slash gesture vibe from either of those two characters but no but that that, no it's fine if you did it yeah i I just thought it's a great it's a great like i like that 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 narrative uh method right because you can speak truth to power like the gesture can make fun of the king right in ways that are true and not get beheaded Right. Yeah. That's interesting that you brought up that scene because that was a scene where I was like, what? Like, <laughs> yeah. And and I think that was, again, part of what was difficult for us with, with me, uh, yeah. for me mm-hmm. with this movie is that there were times where if it was just like a, uh, oh, what is it? Ah, shit, now I'm not going to cinema vitae or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, just like mm-hmm. life as it happens. Like, that would have made sense. I'd yep. be like, ah, yes. But this also had a lot of elements of storytelling where it was like one year you see the mom and the one husband like this, and then it foreshadows elements that yep. you see later. Yep. And like, case in point, that the uh, Hispanic guy who's working on her. Oh, yeah. Daughter, oh, that like, was so. That was, <laughs> that was like, well, that, that, that felt so like, okay, like, this is. So you constructed this, mm-hmm. and that, like that, very much felt like this is a story, mm-hmm. and in that's why it was confusing to me because it had both the elements of like this is definitely a constructed story, and also this sort of like true to life thing, and it didn't, I didn't know where to go. Right, it was sort of. There's the two movies in there. You need to edit it down to one or the other. <laughs> yeah, pick one, pick yeah. One. But that's that's interesting because that, that that was. I don't even know. Did not add anything to it. I did not think so either. Yeah. Yeah. Like they didn't even focus on him long enough to figure out what he was talking about. Right. Right. No, I think. So with Boyhood, I'm glad that Linklater did this in his all of his films. Like if this was his only movie, I'd be like, 
eh, you know, it's good. <laughs> it's good. But it kind of makes sense if you look at all of his films that he's done, how he's played with time, like, you know, the, the different discussions that people have in the movies, like the intellectual discussions, the philosophical background. Um, you see in that movie, like, pieces he's taken to inspire this, like, boyhood movie. So in my in my head, it makes sense that he did this. But... It's a great concept. Yes, yeah. it is a great concept, and he's kind of taken pieces, like, some of the great pieces from of it from some of his other films but um i don't know i mean there i wish we kind of had someone here that was like in love with this movie because, <laughs> because there are so many of those people they're just not represented here tonight uh, <laughs> um so i'm trying to like talk to for them a little bit because <laughs> I, I know that they're there and I, that they feel like they they're like wow this is my freaking life you know like mm -hmm. this is this is how my upbringing was like mm -hmm. I feel connected to this film and and I well so great concept we all agree yeah. do you think we'll ever see a, a sort of real-time filming ever again or do you think this is gonna be the one and only mm -hmm. So when you say real time, do you mean like... As the actors grow. Okay. Um, I it's it's very it. ambitious. Yeah. I feel like if anyone was going to do it, it would have been Linklater. It would have been um, like a pre-established director. Yeah. Because you would need people to be already sort of in your corner a little bit to do this like real sprawling. Now that would be an interesting conversation in the boardroom. We're like, <laughs> we're, we're going to get Ethan Hawke and a six-year-old kid. <laughs> And in 12 years, you guys will start making money. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. I'm actually, I think after this, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch the whole, like, Q&As of, like, why he did this and, you know, like... Well, and I was wondering, yeah. like, in our last film bunch, we did the Little, little, little Hours. The little, little Hours, yeah. I found that I actually enjoyed it after because I learned more about the director like oh the yeah it's the q a yeah said, like well i was interested in the renaissance period and uh -huh. it's based on this whole uh -huh. other thing that i had no knowledge of right and i liked the movie to begin with but after that it was like oh it, like it i felt way more connected with it after mm -hmm. and so this mm -hmm. might be a thing where like you said you had previous uh knowledge of this director and i don't yeah and so um it might be i might feel differently if i had sort of like if this was part of a larger... Yeah, watch his other movies. Like, you might appreciate Boyhood more if you see his yeah, other films. Yeah, I think, like, watching stuff like the Q&A can help sometimes, too. Just, like, yeah. hearing, like, what they were thinking about and... Mm -hmm. I don't know. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I think that's good. Yeah. So, uh, we've kind of come to the end here. Okay. Um, any final thoughts on... You know, I mean, I don't know, like... Stream it. Don't pay, don't pay money, but stream it. Stream it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. There we go. Um, I'm curious what you guys would recommend for a coming-of-age film to people who are listening. Well, I mean, you've already alluded to other Linklater films. Uh, in many ways, Days and Confused is a coming-of-age okay. coming film. So yeah, okay. I think, I think that's a great place for your, your listeners to start. Okay. Yeah. And I think... I mean, it's one of my favorite movies, period, right now, but, uh, I said Twilight, sorry, <laughs> wrong one, not that one, Moonlight, um, because it is, I mean, it is literally a coming of, because yes. you see him grow up, and I, uh, that movie just 
it's it's powerful. And I think the other thing that I really like about this movie is we've seen like white, you know, middle class yeah. kids uh-huh. experiences before, and it's like okay, you know, uh-huh. sure. Uh-huh. And like I've never seen anything from the perspective of Moonlight, the yeah. perspective that it right, had, right, was totally different, and so that I could. Um, I didn't have to think about relating because I knew I wasn't going to relate to it per se. Mm-hmm. But, I could, like, but it made you feel things. something. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it just is a really well-made movie. I'll let you appreciate something yeah. new. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely, absolutely. Okay. And yeah, and I don't, I don't really, honestly, shows like there's hope <laughs> when you grow up, and not in like a it's it's a coming of age movie that isn't funny really, you know? Because I feel like there's a decent amount of coming of age films that are have some like jokey element, and it's not. It's pretty heavy. Yeah, um, it's very heavy. But there's hope in it. Yeah. So. so. Okay, cool. Yeah, what about you? Um, I mean, I mentioned Girlhood, which mm-hmm. came out that same year. It's funny. Um, and also American Honey, which I mentioned. Um, I think that might be it off the top of my head. But yeah, so I, I, would, I would say go see Girlhood because I feel like that's an underrated movie that people should check out. Mm. Um... And yeah, I guess that's it. So you can find Film Punch on iTunes. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter at Film Punch Meetup. And we are a meetup group, so you can find us on meetup.com. And uh, next time, I mm, I think it's Wonder Woman. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah. Yes. So Wonder, Wonder Woman is our next film punch. I will not be there for that, but uh, Angela Shershin will be leading that one. So thank you guys for joining. Well, thank you for inviting us. And uh, thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. Look at the stars, look how they shine